Blog Talk Radio. Welcome one and all. This is your host, Robert Rogers, the founder of Parkinson's Recovery in 2004. I have been telling my audience now for the last five years that I believe the future of medicine rests with therapies that use light and sound. As a result, I've been on the lookout. I've been searching for new inventions, new discoveries that actually do use some form of light and or sound. I had a call, a connection with one member of my listening audience about six weeks ago. This particular individual reported that he was using the therapy that we're going to be discussing today with great results. Basically, he reported that he was seeing relief from his tremors and other Parkinson's symptoms. Well, I have to tell you that that got my attention. I thought, oh my goodness, there's one person who's using this and they're reporting back positive results. Now, at the outset, I want everybody to know that we don't have any detailed research studies or evidence This is certainly not FDA-approved. It was just invented one year ago, so we don't have any specific reports on what we think will be the result for persons who currently experience the symptoms of Parkinson's disease. In exploring the options for this further with the company, I called, and the first question was, well, can you set up some kind of a discount opportunity for listeners of my audience? And the answer was very generously, yes, we'll be happy to offer 10%. So they gave me a coupon code. Now, the cost of this is, uh, retail cost is $1,749. So uh, it's a bit on the high end. But here's what I also learned, and this is what I want everyone to hear. This really piqued my interest in this new technology. What the company then said is, well, we want people to give this a good trial run. And so what we're offering is that you can use this for six months, six months. And if for any reason you feel like it was not offering you the returns that you had hoped for or had expected, then you can return this to the company for an 80% refund. So I want to tell everybody, I have never, ever, ever heard of any company that offered anything as generous as this. This company obviously has great belief in the efficacy of this as a treatment for initially cognitive decline, because they've got some studies with Alzheimer's that would indicate that's the case. But also, we're having a hunch that for neurological repair, it may also provide wonderful relief. Again, I want to tell everybody there's not a great deal of systematic evidence. We've got some anecdotal evidence that we're going to be discussing. The one actual evidence that I have comes from just one person. Can you hear the excitement in my voice? Because I just want to say, look, I think we're on the cutting edge here of the future of medicine, and I think this technology is where it is at. Uh, Will we see profound results for persons who experience Parkinson's symptoms? We don't know yet, but I'm hoping some of you who are listening will have interest that is piqued and will be willing 
to try this out and see where it goes so we can get some immediate results rather than having to wait 10 years for the studies to be done and released on persons with, who currently experience the symptoms of Parkinson's. Having said all of that, that's basically the background of what I know about this particular new technology. I am also honored and pleased and delighted to be able to introduce the inventor of this new technology, Dr. Lou Lim. Dr. Lim, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for taking the time to be a guest on Parkinson's Recovery Radio. Well, thank you, Robert. Uh, I'm glad to be, I'm really happy actually to be in conversation with you uh, about our technology. I actually have a lot to uh, to share, you know, if uh, your audience are willing to listen from how it's used, uh, you know, the ideas behind the invention, uh, the science, and, uh, you know, my hypothesis and where we're going with this. Um, I'm, uh, well, I'm the, you know, the inventor, the founder of um, of uh, the company's V-Lite, um, and uh, our inventions are actually based um on the science of photobiomodulation. Uh, what it is is, uh, this, you know, this, this field has been um, doing research since the 1960s, and a lot of, this, a lot of that has been uh, concentrated on what it does to the cells. Uh, the mechanisms are very, very interesting. But, you know, today you see photobiomodulation devices all over the world in various forms. You have uh, the devices that uh, reduce pain, uh, devices in the aesthetics industry that helps for, you know, with skin rejuvenation, for uh, a recovery of wounds, for hair growth, uh, pain reduction, um, you know, a large, large variety of things, mainly because when you can deliver Red and near infrared light of a you know in, in a controlled manner to the cells in some form, and the cell is not functioning at its optimum. You uh, the light can actually activate the cells to restore you know its optimum function. Uh, in the process, you know stuff gets healed, and you know you get better, uh, and so on. And our focus here in this in this discussion is about the brain and the neurons. Uh, similarly, also have mitochondria that respond to, you know, red and infrared light in a controlled manner. And if you, and you, if you can deliver it uh, correctly, like uh, we do in our technology, you can have really good outcomes with, uh, you know, uh, diseases of, disease of the brain, uh, both neurological and by way of neural uh, conditions such as Alzheimer's, uh, you know, even traumatic brain injury, stroke, and I'm uh, actually hypothesizing here even for Alzheimer's disease. And Robert, you had one case. We actually have uh, many cases of people reporting improvements and, you know, uh, being able to move again and, and uh, you know, especially recovery of, uh, from cognitive decline. And, uh, and that, uh, you know, that, uh, that's actually a good basis, uh, you know, for us to... Uh, explore deeper into Parkinson's, and uh, at the moment we are actually looking to 
uh, two clinical studies by two universities who have uh, one of which have applied for a, uh, have got a, a grant already and one is applying for it so we're heading in that direction but you know we've got I think good initial evidence for Alzheimer's disease and for that we are actually um, going on to do uh, more rigorously control uh, we call it the, the um, double-blind placebo control, which is the gold standard in clinical studies, to validate that we can do something about it. So until we do that, I would just say that we have uh, good initial evidence. And until we do this rigorously controlled studies, uh, I will have to reserve some measure of uh, judgments or even claim to say that it really, really does work. So we'll wait for that. And I think, uh, you know, um, we have to do something similar to to be able to make a good claim for Parkinson's disease too. Dr. Lim, I know that listeners are uh, have their interest peaked in this new technology. When we go to the website vlight.com, and that's spelled V I E L I G H. T.com. The viewers see an image of a person that has some kind of a device up their nose. Now, is that the technology that basically you're talking about? They also look like they have something that are headphones. Yeah. Um, so, the the you know one of the, uh, the the premises that we do our design and invention is to make devices uh, simple to use and you can use it at home. Um, you know, we can also call it a wearable device. So that is, you know, like the, one of the, the, the tenets of, of our, our uh, design. Now, in its use, all, uh, okay, and, and also, you know, because some of these diseases like Alzheimer's and Parkinson's is degenerative, you gotta use it regularly, otherwise, uh, you know, your, your, your genome is going to take over and you're going to go into degeneration again. So, so uh, we, I felt that uh, there's little value in having something that is really expensive and can only be used in a clinic where you have to keep going back. So how many people are going to be able to do that regularly? And especially if something works, how are you going to cope with the, you know, the, the number of people who want to do it? So uh, the way it is used is... Um, all you do is just put this device, just slip it over your head. Once you have one or two positions correct, uh, everything f falls in place. And then you have an intranasal piece that goes into the nose, which I think is important because uh, in the nose is actually a very efficient way to reach the brain. And if you're talking about delivering light, energy or photons to targeted areas, uh, you want to go and, you know, use... Uh, the most efficient pathway with as little power as possible, so it is, you know, uh, it is, it is easy f as a home use device, and uh, and also, you know, in the the nasal area, one of the reasons I consider it important, even for Parkinson's, because the olfactory bulb, which is a part of the brain that uh, processes smell, is also important for Parkinson's disease. And people have found that, scientists have found that, you know, they found biomarkers uh, in Parkinson's patients uh, pretty dense in the olfactory bulb area as well, the, the protein deposit called 
alpha-synuclein and Lewy bodies. So, so that is, uh, you know, how we do it. There's, uh, there's a scientific reason and or evidential reason for every single parameter that we put in the device, but we try to make it as, you know, as easy to use as possible. Listeners, then, listeners uh, may be wondering, okay, it looks like light is being sent up the nose. That's interesting. Well, why can't I just take a light bulb and um, basically shine that up my nose? Won't that do the same thing? What would you say to them? Uh, uh, yeah, you can. Uh, theoretically, believe it or not, you can, but you've got to be uh, careful. Um, you know, in the past... Uh, this was done using lasers, low-level lasers, and and you can actually do that with an optic fiber delivering laser uh, inside the nose, as we we did in our initial initial experiments. But you got to be controlled because when you have too much of it, um, it can cause the opposite effect. This is one of the things about this science of photobiomodulation. Low is good, too much is bad. If you can imagine. Um, the old days, or even today, you 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 have high-powered lasers for uh, you know for destructive reasons. Although it can be productive, like you know removing scars from the from the face, but you know because <clears throat> cosmetic uh, surgeons do that. Or they use it you know in industries where they remove uh, you know stuff from the surface or smoothen surfaces. Uh, so this is one aspect of it. So you can imagine there are two sides of dealing with lasers. Now, LEDs are a lot safer, which is what we use. You can do the same. But, um, again, this has to be controlled in some way because um, too low power doesn't do anything, and too high power, again, you, and too much of energy if you do it continuously. But it does go into um, you know, stagnation or even into opposite, giving opposite effects. So there, there's some measure of uh, control here. And, um, and I think, you know, people can try, but... Uh, for safety reasons, it's better to to have a device like ours, which is controlled. Now, when people see what this device looks like when they go on to the website, again, vlight.com, V-I-E-L-I-G-H-T.com, they see the device, the actual, what it looks like. It, does a person have to then put this device on and wear it throughout the day? Uh, no, the devices actually... Self-time. There is an op- automatic timer that switches off. Say for the you know the headset device after 20 minutes. So a lot of people actually, and I encourage uh, pa- Parkinson's patients who have clear symptoms to actually go to bed and sleep with it. Uh, the caregivers can help. If you lie on the back, you can do that. Now the reason is this: when uh, you sleep, you you uh, your you know that those brain cells called the microglia comes on and one of his job is actually to clear the debris in your brain and you know germs and things that don't belong to the brain and they're most effective at night um, and for our clinical studies on Parkinson's patients we're uh, recommending the same thing so you know so the self-timing is important personally I go to bed with one of my devices uh, I have a you know a number of different models uh, it shuts up automatically, so I don't have to worry about it being on all the time. So that's making so, things, you know, easy. Yeah. 
So yeah, so when you so you go to bed, you put the device on, and how long does it actually function? Twenty minutes or thirty or longer? Uh, twenty minutes. Shuts up automatically after. That, and that's then you it, can, yeah. And then you can take the device off if you're still awake, or yeah. just sleep with it on for the whole night. Then. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no. Oh well, you you know you what, once you get into the habit, you you know when it's off, you kind of take you know by reflex or you wake up and take it off, but you. You can sleep and there's no no harm because the 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 device is off. Now, having said that about sleeping, most people can use it any time of the day. I'm just recommending this for Alzheimer's and say Parkinson's because uh, we want to take advantage of the activity of the microglia that comes out at night and help clear these deposits that are you know identified with with uh, say Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. So use any time of the day. It's hands-free. You put it on. You can still go ahead with your daily functioning. Many people report to me that they have sleeping difficulties. Is there any evidence at all that using this at night might facilitate sleep? I would say that um, for this particular model that's intended for Parkinson's and Alzheimer's patients, um, it may affect some people, people with healthy brains, to be too alert. So, they, you know, we have reports that most people, uh, you know, do sleep normally. It doesn't affect their sleep. Uh, but there is uh, some people who are sensitive. Their, their mind is so alert, they, you know, they, they might be awake. But for people with Parkinson's and Alzheimer's, we have not had any report of this, mainly because uh, the brain has become less sensitive. That's why they're, they're called degenerative diseases. So you're not that sensitive. It doesn't affect um, your sleep if, you're, if you have peer symptoms. Now, we're really focusing here on the use of your new technology for persons who experience Parkinson's symptoms. Let's say there's a family and uh, the wife has Parkinson's symptoms. The husband does not, but the husband's been challenging with some memory challenges, some just a little bit of dementia. Now, is it possible that this particular instrument can be used both by the wife who has Parkinson's symptoms and the husband? Yeah, we uh, you know we we did um, you know the initial study on on Alzheimer's and the caregivers love it. They they share the device with the husband or wife and found that they you know they help with their depression, their the stress, their you know they make the mind more alert. And you know the other interesting uh, effects are their bodies generally feel better, like they they have like. Um, High blood pressure, it can modulate that down to normal uh, cholesterol level. So this is, you know, I, you know, I want just want to say that uh, we don't make claim for this, but the science of photobiomodulation uh, provides evidence to show that the effect is systemic. It affects the whole body. Uh, this particular model that we intended for the brain uh, may not have as a profound effect as say the visible red intranasal models that we have, but they do uh, seem to help, you know, people with other things. And I, I can tell you from experience, all the caregivers want, you know, to use it as well because they, you know, once they find it, you know, it benefits them, they, you know, it is something that it can be shared right. between the spouse. 
So what you're saying basically is anybody can use it. So if they're grandmothers, grandfathers, uncles, aunts, sisters, brothers, doesn't matter, anybody can actually take advantage of using this device as well as the person with Parkinson's symptoms. Yeah, and uh, if your brain is functioning uh, quite normally, you don't have clear symptoms, use it once every two days. Just because actually a good number of people can be sensitive and uh, and I said before, there is such a thing as, you know, too much light energy or overstimulation. You want to avoid that. So, so we get reports of people using once every two days, um, getting really good outcomes as well, without side effects. Some people get a headache when they use it too much, but uh, like once again, you know, people with clear symptoms can, uh, you know, use it more often, like once a day. Ah, oh, fascinating. So a person that is not experiencing serious symptoms like Parkinson's symptoms, a uh, recommendation would be, well, maybe other, every other day they could use it, but a person yeah. with Parkinson's might be advised to use it once every day at least. Yeah. So, you know, for Parkinson's patients, they can use it, say, once a day during you know, when they sleep, like I said. Uh, we can try. But for others, they can use it any time of the day. Uh, photobiomodulation has the effect of, uh, healing the cells. So when we're directing light to the to the neurons, if your neurons have some problem, you know they might be going undergoing say oxidative stress. Uh, it might heal them and get your brain to perform better. Now, Dr. Lim, um, I am knowledgeable about your incredible background, but I think listeners probably are not. Could you tell folks just a bit about? your own personal background and history? Uh, I think I have a fortunate combination of being an engineer, a neuroscientist, um, and a doctor of natural medicine. And um, I, you know, I, my passion now is really to take this technology as far as I can and see what else it can do, uh, apart from dealing with neurological diseases like Parkinson's and Alzheimer's, you know, say brain injury. Uh, we are getting really interesting results with, you know, with psychiatric issues like depression. Um, you know, these, these are areas where other research institutions are looking to do research with us. So I'm talking about depression, uh, ADD among, you know, uh, the younger population, ADD is, uh, you know, attention deficit disorder. Um, so, you know, there are a bunch of things. And uh, I, I think, it, think things are going to look really interesting. Now, um, I work actually very closely with researchers at the University of Toronto, where we're based. Uh, I work closely with Boston University, uh, with Margaret Nazer's lab there, and she's, you know, she's been funded by the VA. We're looking into Gulf War illness, uh, blast traumatic brain injury. You know, we, I, you know, we're looking at possibly with PTSD, um, and uh, you know, we're also looking at possibly enhancing um, the performance of the brain. So we're looking to going to, uh, you know, in the frontiers of research. Uh, on the brain, and that's because 
recently we found that uh, I'm digressing a bit from my personal history, Robert. You don't mind? <laughs> of course so, not. Because I think this is, you know, uh, you know, it kind of tells people uh, my thinking and where we're heading. I um, I found that, you know, the, this device and working with the researchers at the University of Toronto actually has an e- effect on brainwaves activity. Um, this was never found before. We haven't published the data yet. It's, it's still analysis, but it clearly elevates um, even normal brain or idiot on Alzheimer's patients as well. Uh, the the high frequency of the brain we're talking about, you know, if those who are familiar with brain waves are talking about you know, alpha, beta, and gamma, and down regulating, say, the slow brain waves, which is the theta and delta. Now, now that has uh, there are a couple of profound implications. One of which is it confirms that the brain actually responds to near infrared light in the way that we deliver it. And uh, and secondly, we it gives it opens the door towards all this research that has been going on for for decades. And people trying to be able to train the brain to say get out of, you know, say you're locked in very slow brainwave-like uh, attention deficit disorder, we, you know, this might be a way to, to take it up. And, and then this is an angle that researchers in, in, in Parkinson's have not really studied um, as, as a possibility. There are some research areas. I'm going a bit into the science now. I think uh, this will interest, you know, researchers uh, looking into, uh, you know, understanding brainwave patterns in Parkinson's and finding a in, an intervention. So I'm looking at the angle where uh, it is outside, a, a, you know, the normal biological uh, physiology, and we're looking. Uh, I can talk about that too, which is also interesting. But I want to cover since I'm on the brainwave patterns. Parkinson's uh, patients have have been found to have uh, almost like a locked-in, uh, you know, a strong synchrony in what you call the beta area. And some researchers have found that if you can deliver gamma, like we do, which is a high frequency, you can uh, hypothetically break it, break that up. So here we are approaching from a different angle, from normal, you know, um, biochemical research into what's happening in the brain. Now. Again, I want to go deeper into the science here. Now, um, the Michael J. Fox Foundation, as you, you know, you know, has been a strong supporter in research for, for, for Parkinson's. I think in 2012, have uh, invested or allocated $47 million to, to study the effect of a protein deposit called the alpha-synuclein, which uh, get aggregated into Lewy bodies and so on. So, so drug, uh, you know, the usual drugs have have been trying to say um, increase the production of dopamine, and then you, of course, you have the deep brain stimulation, which you know stimulates the a certain area called the subthalamic nucleus. Found, actually, I find that today is probably the most effective method to uh, to help Parkinson's patients, but research is trending towards um, trying to address that particular area and 
The research seems to be, fo to be following research done in Alzheimer's disease, which is also looking to, to try to address uh, the, the beta amyloid protein. So there are, there are kind of, you know, protein deposits found in these diseased brains and actually, uh, metaphorically, uh, 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 strangling the brain. And finally, the brain, you know, strings as a result of this. Whether people believe it or not, um, you know, we, it is a way to to explore and see if that's going to work. Uh, drugs have, in Alzheimer's disease, have not succeeded, but the the theory is still very strong. So Parkinson's heading that way. Now I mentioned this because one way of actually uh, addressing this problem of these biomarkers is is to uh, to actually deliver gamma frequency to the brain at 40 hertz. Now, why do I say that? What it does is it activates or modify the microglia. I mentioned the microglia, you know, the 40 hertz. When we do that, activates the microglia, and microglia, microglia's job is to mop up this unwanted debris in the brain. Now, in Parkinson's research, there has been, uh, and it's not, that must be different from Alzheimer's research. The microglia um, might not be all that great a thing because microglia has been found uh, where you have high, you know, uh, elevated alpha synuclein deposits. So, and also inflammation. Now, this is the big argument: is microglia cells creating the inflammation in your brain that exacerbate, you know, the problem with Parkinson's and even Alzheimer's disease. Now, this, is, this point I'm going to make now is going to be really interesting and need to be explored, and I believe in that. The end of last year, MIT published a paper that helps kind of help to settle this problem because they did an animal study, um, you know, directing light to animals, which are mice, pulsing at 40 hertz and found that the protein deposits were reduced by more than 50% after seven days, delivering the light at you know an hour a day uh, for seven days. Now, this is really interesting because what they're saying is they are modifying the microglia uh, to be phagocytic. That means they're not, it's, it implies that they're, they're not the microglia uh, in the state where they're, they're inflammatory. They're more like positive and removing this debris from the brain and keep your brain healthy and so on. So I, because of the the outcomes that they saw in animals, uh, it seems to support it. And now when we, you know, the study that we published earlier, you were using the uh, devices that pulse at 10 times a second or 10 hertz. This one that we're doing in our clinical trials and I'm recommending for Alzheimer's patients is the 40 hertz one to be able to do this, this thing because we found that at least in an Alzheimer's patient in case study that uh, the improvement is even more dramatic. So it was so dramatic that, you know, initially we people look at the data could not believe it. So there is something to it. And I think, the again, the really... Um, the, the 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 way that you you have we have to, to present it is to 
to do the, the robust clinical study and get the statistics uh, to support that this really works in a bigger population. So uh, that's a bit of the science, and I think uh, I think you'll love it. I can talk about what we do with meditation and all that, but that's that's another subject. <laughs> You're listening to Parkinson's Recovery Radio. This is your host, Robert Rogers, the founder of Parkinson's Recovery in 2004. My host today is Dr. Lou Lim, who is the inventor of this new and exciting photobiomodulation device. To clarify, Dr. Lem, what you're saying then is this particular device needs to be used every day by persons with Parkinson's, and it's a bit similar to what would be hopefully expected with, for example, medications. In other words, the result would basically be temporary. So if a person stops using the device, the expectation would be eventually the symptoms would return. Is that a fair summary? Uh, yes, it is. That is what we found in our study with Alzheimer's disease, which is degenerative, like Parkinson's. Yeah, you you won't want to stop using it because the, you know, the re, uh, recurring degeneration it can be really upsetting and you know can be traumatic emotionally too. Medications have side effects, and for some people, it's of little consequence. For others, it's of serious consequence. What about your photobiomodulation device? Does it have side effects like medicines? We actually haven't found um, any major side effect. We had some side effect from people with uh, uh, with Lyme disease, you know, that's uh, actually affected the brain, so we tell them to use it really slowly. We uh, Some people are overly sensitive. Uh, very, very small number of people report some measure of headache. Um, so that's about all we have found. Uh, in fact, you know, like I mentioned that we are about to start a clinical study. Uh, FDA has studied our uh, safety reports done by independent parties, and have cleared it for safety. So I think in, from, in that respect, we're okay. Reviewing your background and incredible history, I see that you have some beginning work in the Silicon Valley. Were you working on this kind of technology way back in the 60s or 70s? Yeah, I was, uh, I was actually living in the Silicon Valley uh, you know, for seven years from around 2000 to 2007, I was actually back and forth uh, doing work um, in the Silicon Valley in the 90s. This concept actually uh, came to me in the mid-90s when we were playing around with lasers and displays, you know, uh, displays in virtual reality applications. We were kind of, kind of like 20 years ahead of our time. Um, you know, displays in uh, projectors and monitors. So laser was part of the thing that I looked at, and I came across this Russian study, and people were talking about uh, about it. They they were injecting low-level laser light of very low energy into the vein, into the basically to introduce into the blood circulation of people, and found that. They're getting good results, like, you know, uh, quicker recovery from surgery, from, you know, prevention of unnecessary clotting in the system, um, and 
you know, later on they they found, you know, uh, biomarkers of diabetes and, you know, a bunch of, uh, you know, lipids in the, in the blood, fat in the blood and all that, were all, uh, you know, uh, normalized. So that's very interesting. Uh, that is highly invasive. The the treatment, uh, you know, composed of you lying down and you know, getting this thing into your vein for half an hour each time for 10 sessions. So a couple of questions come up like, uh, okay, what happens when you don't want to go back to the clinic? And the other thing is uh, it is invasive. So so this, now no physics come into play. Uh, we know that light can penetrate the skin. So why not increase the power and we're using laser at the time uh, you know, to direct into the body without poking a needle into the into the vein. So you find an area of, of your body where you know uh, it is has least resistance to light, and the dark area that we're looking at is the nose, um, where the membrane is very thin between the you know between the the outside and the inside of the the the, the, the tissues, um, and uh, we try that out. And uh, it seems to work. So, so, the, so um, you know, we went on with this idea, but it didn't take us till the mid 2000 to do something that's, you know, easy for people to use to be able to insert up the nose, um, because the solid state technology was not advanced enough to allow us to do that. So, so we came up with our device actually quite a long time ago. It's, it's you know, it's slightly more than 10 years now, um, but we keep innovating and coming up with, you know, better products that can do the job better. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's kind of like a summary of the history of our development. Well, Dr. Lem, I know that uh, just recently over the last several years, more and more researchers have been interested in light therapy for health purposes. But from your story, I just want to say it sounds like you literally were a pioneer in this technology. I think you had to be one of the first persons who were experimenting with this way back at the turn of the century. Isn't that a fair conclusion? Yeah, I would be. Uh, to be fair, they were, so I mentioned the Russians, uh, but the Russians were not looking at non-invasive like this. But the Chinese were, you know, we were looking at it in parallel um, so they were actually, you know, they were uh, approved by the health ministry to um, to market their products in in China. But we we all look at lasers. We, uh, but um, I think we, you know, the concept. Um, I could be a slightly ahead of them, but they they continue to um, restrict restrict themselves. Maybe it's comfortable to lasers uh, into the nose. And which is mainly to treat a body and a claim, and I, I, I would say with valid reasons, uh, improve the body's function and and so on. But um, but I've moved, uh, you know, way ahead now. Uh, we're looking at non-lasers, um, and we're looking at treating the brain. I don't think any any body in the world um, is studying as deeply as I am to to try to improve the brain with this. And I think one day. Uh, you know, we will find that there's more and more applications in how we can manipulate the different parameters to be able to customize treatments for various brain conditions. I'm actually 
uh, I've just found a pattern for that, and I'm actually um, developing. I have a prototype now which can, you know, the device that that we mentioned so far is for the, you know, that's easy to use and for the end user. Just all you all you do is press a button and it shuts off automatically after 20 minutes. It's that simple. But the the research model that I'm doing now is is to be able to explore. Uh, based on the understanding that, okay, you know, you if you change the brainwave pattern in some ways, if you can do it out of phase, you might unlock some of the problems that's in the brain. Uh, it may take the brain to a higher level. I don't know. This is the most exciting part about this is to be able to explore and to find what other things we can do to help the brain. There are several devices that are listed on the website. Which precisely is the one that you're recommending for persons who experience Parkinson's symptoms? Um, I would recommend, as I've said, and you mentioned that before too, the the Neuro Gamma, which is um, you know which is the one with the headset and pulses at 40 hertz. Until um, you know, maybe we find in the study that um, you know it's not ideal, or maybe the side effects yet to be discovered. Uh, it will be my recommendation for now, and based on you know some of the explanations I made about the scientific um, mechanism. Uh, so far, that's so far hypothetically, it's uh, you know it holds fairly good ground to be recommended. I announced this earlier at the outset of our interview, Dr. Lim, but in correspondence with your staff, uh, they generously offered a 10% discount off of this particular device. So instead of the, I believe it's $1,749, it's 10% off if people enter the coupon code healing for me, the the number four, not the word for But there's something else that your staff also reported to me that I was awed by. Your staff basically reported that they are offering people six months to use this device, and if for any reason a user felt like they weren't getting the results that they had hoped for, the user can return the device to the company for an 80% refund. Now, is my understanding correct about that offer? Uh, yes, you're correct. So, so I just want to say yeah. I've never heard of any company that's ever, I mean, I have right. never, ever heard of any company that has extended that kind of offer. Yeah, we, uh, you know, I, you know, we came up with this because we are confident and we want as many people as possible to try it. Uh, you know, there may be some people who may not, experience a benefit and you know they should feel free to to return for a refund but we often find that when you know they get into discussion they've not been using it correctly in some way uh not realizing it but but generally uh, even though there's, there's a lot of room for error you know that's the effect of photobiomodulation is quite systemic it is you know yes is uh, quite quite error tolerant the way you use it but the, the closer you are in following our instructions, the, you know, the better the outcomes. But I say, yeah, I, the returns are very, very low. Um, you know, it is, uh, it, you know, it kind of support 
our understanding that this thing works for a lot of people in many ways. Even if it, you know, say, if you say for Parkinson's, as we discussed in, in some measure earlier, uh, you might find it's other side benefits like, you know, improve health, improve energy. In fact, gamma, uh, if you're an athlete, you're a sportsman, and you, you know, you play, you play in tournaments or matches, if you use it just before you and, you know, I can show you with, e, you know, electroencephalography, EEG, EEG readings that, you know, we elevate the brainwave that matters for alertness and, and reaction. So, so that may help in that, you know, and then I'm thinking of, hey, how about, you know, people preparing for examinations? It may help them to be, you know, to be more alert and be able to, you know, retrieve memory and process information more quickly. So that is uh, helping with mental acuity. Now, the other thing that I want to mention is, um, you know, so people ask why then you want to do a clinical study since it's available to the public. I say that it's available available to the public uh, because we're exempted from FDA regulations. Uh, FDA knows about us, and we have um, advice from regulatory consultants. Uh, that you know, that supports this exemption because we are classified as a low-risk general wellness device. So it's out there for anybody to use, um, and it is safe and so on. But but we really want to make a claim for you know for Alzheimer's disease so that one day it gets into the reimbursement systems and people can get it paid by insurance. So we have to go through that process, you know. Um, so that's why you want to make a claim for Alzheimer's. Maybe one day we'll do it for Parkinson's. Um, at the moment, all I can say is I can come up with a hypothesis. I can give you evidence of what we have for Alzheimer's. And uh, and I once again, <laughs> I have to reiterate that, uh, you know, I can, I have to say, I cannot say for certainty that it's going to help with Parkinson's, but I can give you the the reasons why I think it might help, like I explained the mechanisms and where research has gone into, and uh, why we're doing certain things. So, so that's where we are. Well, Dr. Lim, as I said at the outset of the program, I am truly excited about this as an opportunity for people to try. And I want to encourage all listeners to take this seriously as an opportunity if you think of risk, uh, it looks to me like the risk at a maximum is 250, 300 U.S. dollars, and then if you look at the cost that you have to pay for medicines, for example, uh, this is very low risk possibility. And of course, uh, we know that if you want to wait to see the hard evidence, in other words, the studies, if you want to wait for FDA approval. Uh, we're probably talking 10 years, maybe longer. It takes forever for these studies to be done, for these studies to be processed, to be announced, to be released. And so I am, as you know, uh, dedicated to identifying natural therapies that help people find relief from their symptoms. I know a number of you out there have problematic Parkinson's symptoms that you have not been able to address with any other uh, therapy. And so this, it seems to me, offers one such possibility. Now, it may be that if you acquire this and you find that it provides minimal relief for you, which is a possibility, we don't know, 
It's also possible that a member of your family may be profoundly affected. That is a person that might be having some dementia or memory problems. So it seems to me, and even children, by the way, or grandchildren who might be studying for exams, who knows what positive benefits might accrue. But I would like for as many people as possible to take the risk to experiment with this and to get back to me with your reports of what's actually happened. Uh, it may be that, in fact, this will provide some temporary relief from symptoms that will be a godsend for persons who have not been able to find any other mechanism that provides them with relief. I want to say again, the offer of six months to be able to try this out is incredibly generous. It obviously is coming from a company that has their heart in this, and they know that, in fact, this is providing some incredible relief from people with many, many different kinds of conditions. So investigate this. Go to the website. The website is V-Light, V as in Victor, I-E-L-I-G-H-T dot C-O-M. You'll see a picture of the device there right on the first page. And then the actual device is listed. If you decide you want to acquire the device, be sure to claim the 10% discount. Uh, and you'll do that by entering the coupon code healing for me h e a l i n g the number 4 and then the word me m e and that will automatically apply the 10% discount to be able to acquire it for a little less cost so i just want to say dr lim i am awed by your presentation and uh, I have made a determination here in the last 45 minutes that <laughs> I'm going uh, to acquire and purchase one of these for my family. <laughs> it's like, why not? So we're going to give it a try as well and uh, look forward to getting back with you with our reports of uh, how we have benefited from it. Uh, I have to be mentally acute for the work that I do. I have to remember so many little details uh, over the course of the day, and I need to stay mentally alert. So I'm thinking, I think this is going to keep me on track. So I want to thank you for your uh, invention and your work over the last 20 or 30 years in being able to explore something that no one else was looking at. You were looking in an area of science that uh, uh, most researchers were blinded to, but you were right there. And in my, my view, speaking as a researcher, I think you are the future of medicine. And I want to thank you for all of your wonderful work and inventions. And I look forward to following your research over the coming years and having you as a subsequent guest on the program as you make more and more discoveries. Well, well, thank you. Uh, thank you for inviting me. I'm, I'm glad you appreciate the scientific jargon that I put on in during the discussion. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we're, uh, you know, we're going to continue to, to explore and, you know, and innovate. I think, uh, you know, hopefully we'll do, uh, we'll have a lot of people. I'm hopeful, too, that we'll have more and more people who will be using this. And, of course, we'll get more information about how it helps and why it helps over time, the more people that actually use it. So this is not obviously a, any kind of a formal study, but it's an informal way to begin to collect evidence and uh, to get the word out that, in fact, light therapy is the future of medicine. So as a person who is a true pioneer, clearly you were working in an area that no one else was working in. That takes a lot of courage. And for that, again, 
from the bottom of my heart and from the thousands and thousands of listeners of Parkinson's Recovery, I want to thank you for having the courage to do the work that you've been doing over the last years. Well, thank you for saying these things. I appreciate it. And hopefully those of you who are listening will take some action right now, acquire that device, and again, please let me know your progress, your experience with this. Uh, my email address is robert at parkinsonsrecovery.com. Of course, you, when you connect into the website, if you have additional questions, you can uh, connect directly into the company, and they'll answer any and all questions that you might have about this particular device. So thanks so much, uh, Dr. Lim, for taking the time to be a guest on the radio show. It's been a pleasure and an honor, and it's truly exciting for me to be able to document a new technology that's just been invented that sounds like it offers an incredible opportunity for people who experience Parkinson's symptoms to get relief from those symptoms. So thank you. Thank you, too. And as you might have guessed, that's what's happening on the shores of the Puget Sound that are gorgeous today, where all the women are smart, all the men are handsome, and most importantly, where all the children are truly loved. Know that by virtue of the fact you are listening to this radio show today, that you are connected to the Parkinson's Recovery audience, that you, in your own way and your own fashion, are indeed on the road to recovery. I look forward to connecting with you during our next radio show event coming up next week. I'm Robert Rogers, your host of Parkinson's Recovery, founded in 2004, dedicated to provide natural options that are helping people reverse whatever symptoms they might be experiencing that are associated with a diagnosis of Parkinson's disease. May you have a magnificent and a delightful week ahead. Good day. <laughs>